Welcome to the 100th episode of Minority Corner. With an eke. And James. Learn, laugh, play. It's like Blue's Clues. Only it's more queer, black. Yep. <laughs> and ladylike. That's us. <laughs> we did it! We did it! This is where the music is. Mm. Mm. Mm, 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 Here mm. comes Jennifer Hudson. And I'm telling you, happy 100th episode. Happy 100 to you, James. I cannot, we, I believe it because we did it, but it is amazing. Yeah, we did it. You know what? They said it wouldn't last. We had to prove them wrong. They said it wouldn't last. Wouldn't last. We had to prove them wrong. You know what? Who was that who said that? Because you know what? Fuck you. I know. Who? Fuck whoever that was. Why is Janet singing it so happy? I'd be like. She's like, those are not your friends, by the way, Janet. They said it wouldn't last. We had to prove them wrong. Those are not your friends. Unless, like, he's, like... Those are bitches. Unless he's, like, some, like, heroin addict person that, then like, also... a rough time. <laughs> who, like, also is a member of the KKK and, like, still, like, murder puppies. Then maybe I could see that. Like, it's more what? than it wouldn't... Why is that person your friend? <laughs> yeah, it's more than it wouldn't last. It's, like, you don't date this person. That's the song. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Just so minutes we... into the episode, and we are already the queens of the queens of Tan city i know just you know what we always get sidetracked but we find our course and we just keep chugging along until it is 100 episodes but we're here 100 episodes uh, over 100 tangents you have been sticking with us through all the tangents thank you audience thank you like seriously this is our like our thank you to everyone who's been listening for all the episodes for all the time who have just joined us who just i think this is actually like a per it's a perfect bridging of the gaps for new listeners and old and i don't mean that you're old as an age but i just mean that you've been here from the get and have listened to all of our episodes and ramblings uh because we're just we're gonna do a, it's like a best of it's like a remember when yes it uh, is um, all of our greatest hits. It's our greatest hits. And you know what? You know, I'd like to go back to the beginning, Aneke, that what mm. started it all, our very What's... first episode, oh, which shit. Uh, terrible <laughs> audio quality. We learned we've learned a lot. You will um, hear improvements. But I can't believe that our first episode was literally centered around Rachel Dolajal. Well, you know what? That just proved that we were already had our finger to the pulse and knew who we could talk about, talk shit we, about. You just know really- what? The, and the podcast gods gave us this great gift of this woman. Yes. And it was early on in the conversation. And uh, let, let's go. Let's hear what we had to say. I am ready. What the fuck did we say? That is where being a white ally comes in handy. And right. that's where Rachel would have been super just benefit. take your camera, Rachel. Just be film. The, the, the crossover. Yes. Be like, hey, I'm a white lady and I love black culture and I'm going to just share and explore and talk about it with my other white people that will listen to me and won't just dismiss shit. And I think that's powerful. Now she's a joke. 
She's a she's a giant joke. I think it's so funny. She's just a big old I, joke. I, I just think it's so. I I know there's a lot of like. I think compared to like a lot of the other fucked up things that are happening to black folks across America, I just at least it's funny to have something to sort of laugh at. I don't. I, I don't know. I think maybe it's because I'm a black woman. Yeah. That's why it pisses me off more, and how political it is to be a black woman without even like just by being. True. And that's why I'm like, ah, how dare you take my agency and my politicalness and my body and my hair. And she took your hair. Her hair was looking good. Her hair looks good. That's a good wig. All right. Uh, okay. <laughs> Rachel, I see you. Take that wig off. We all take see that you. tanner off. We, is it tanner? That is some tanner. <laughs> She was, she's been cooking I in a tanning bed. I'm just almost in tears. What does she do when she goes home? Does she just like sit in front of the mirror she and hangs take out her with her? Off? She's with her black sons. She has her black sons. Do her? Do they know that she's a black lady? They're actually, it turns out, her adopted brothers. I think her parents adopted these two black kids. I'm so confused. Somebody <laughs> has been holding the secret for her. When she gets her Somebody, break. Her parents, well, they find, her parents are the one that outed her. They're like, this is too much. Rachel... Who are all the when she gets her hair braided? It are the braiding ladies like well, where's this blonde hair coming she's from? She's in Eastern Washington, and there's yeah, that's true. probably that's the problem. But a black lady knows a white lady. <laughs> but I think that like people thought maybe she was mixed or something. But I think like I think only perhaps in Eastern Washington could she Rachel could get away with have this? gotten away with it. If she like came into Oakland and was like, "Hello, my 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 black like, kings and queens," I feel like. <laughs> Well, well wow, we wow. said that. What's, we said. <laughs> and you know what? I just, again, the audio quality, like, I just bought a peek behind the curtain. I had to know what I was doing. And None of us did. did not, none of us. It was just the two of us. Was there I more? Don't. Exactly. None of us. Neither me nor you. No, but it was a high kick. And what a great first episode. I remember feeling so nervous slightly on the first episode, but like, mm. it went by so fast. I know we were like I was actually pretty surprised at the end of how well it went like yeah. how much we were able to just kind of knock it out jibber jab and get through we, it we crammed so much in just one hour there was a quizlet there was a history we can't mm-hmm. in one hour we we can't, I don't what's can't, going on with us now we can't what are we do talking that about now. <laughs> But, you know, I would be remiss, Aneke, if I didn't bring yes. up... You know, we had a minority corner have a lot of feuds here. I don't know how it happens. <sighs> okay, so this is like <laughs> one of these feuds that just came up out of nowhere. And this impression... No, whenever we invite her on the show, she has to sing this way. You might catch her on The Voice as a judge You're currently. Right. She is also the winner of the the UK Voice. Oh, did she? I didn't, yeah, how did she do that? She was also like, "I'm gonna get over here in the UK and sing." Yeah. She was everywhere. Here well, is the thing, though, James. Yes. I have to commend you because I've been watching The Voice and I haven't really paid that close attention to J Hud, but she literally breaks into song just like how you break into song all the time. She's She'll like, be like. <laughs> I love that song. It was amazing. <laughs> I'm See? like, wow, James See? really. I was <laughs> right. She does. I know my J Hide. I know my J Hide. And uh, we went to go see The Color Purple, the musical. Oh, nice. With um, Jennifer Hudson. No, she's not in it anymore. Which is oh. just, yeah, she left back in May, but it just is fine because I oh. don't think she's that great of. I mean, I know she has an Oscar, but. 
I'm throwing some shade at Jennifer Hudson. My theory, this is, I'm just repeating what my boyfriend said. He's like, but I saw her in Sex uh-huh. and the City, too, and she was not that great. Um, well, she just played, like, an assistant. She had, like, three lines. She was like, here's a purse. Can I get this purse? Hey, it's me, Jennifer Hudson. I'm telling you. That's <laughs> a beautiful impression. That's exactly... <laughs> Nailed oh, it! I'm taking this show on the did. road. I'm out. I'm not even finishing this episode. I'm just gonna take my Jennifer just, Hudson one yeah. man show. Telling you, I'm Jennifer Hudson. Here's a purse. Stop. I'm sexy and deserter. Get out of here, Beyonce. I, I am FMA. Eat the cake. Oh my god, she's gonna listen to this and she's gonna hate us. Uh, <laughs> no, come on and you can defend yourself, uh, Jennifer Hudson, and help me with my one-man show called Jennifer Hudson. A play by James. <laughs> yeah! yeah! And you know what? We invited her and she did not come to our 100th episode. I tweeted she her. She sent us a no thank you card. It's like, no thank you. No, but you know what's did. so funny? No, no. That Jennifer Hudson impression uh, sounds very mm-hmm. similar to my Shere Khan. I've done all those That's voices true. in the Jungle Book. Watch, I'll do. Um, I'm a Bengal tiger. Wait, no, that's the, no, okay. the tiger's the villain. Okay, I'm not off to a good start. I like that. That's good. But I like goofy Bengal tiger. <laughs> but he's supposed to be the villain. What is it, Shere Khan? Yeah. I'm Shere Khan. I'm going for more Louis Armstrong um, choice for this one. I want you to do Bengal tiger voice for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Whenever I'm sad, I'm going to call you and be like, can you do Bengal tiger voice? Because that's probably the most and entertaining thing <laughs> Let's talk about the purple red sexual orientation scale. <laughs> Is that what you wanted? I'm that... dying. <laughs> oh, here we go. Where are we going next on the podcast? Stop <laughs> I think you broke me, James. Oh. I'm broken. Okay. Well, oh, that was good. What's up next for us? We're gonna go to Black Women Poetry Corner, right? I can't wait for the Black Women Poetry Corner. <laughs> Um, I mean, you have range. I want to give you credit that you do have range in your my vocal talents, my vocal talents, what I can do. But there is just a slight. They're like Care Bear cousins in the range. (laughs) Listen, I'm like the Holly Berry of voice actors. I have a little range that I do really, really well, and I like to sort of your all. I like to sort of keep it in there. Oh my god! Speaking of which, speaking of Holly Berry, this was on the list, but we need to cut to a clip of us talking about Catwoman. Um, I think that's amazing. And people love our movie reviews. So here's a little taste of we watch Catwoman woman so you don't have to okay one thing that really irritated me about the beginning the continuity of the, movie, the continuity is terrible because they had two days went full day at work nighttime another full day at work why is everybody wearing the same clothing and that came, the super salute that she is she pointed it out to me she was it like it was not hard <laughs> i there was so many other distracting they were not things about wearing the movie blase things either one lady's wearing like a red velour top two days in a row alex, uh-uh. alex borstein yeah. who uh from mad tv and does the voice of lois on uh family, family guy. guy yeah uh and it's just so funny like like where is the person to say like literally everybody everybody in the office is wearing the same outfit two days in a row and then they show them another day wearing different clothes so i know what you're thinking you're like well maybe they're just doing like a homage to comic books because they wear like the same uh you know cartoon character outfit right like the simpsons they wear the same outfit no it was a whole entire other different thing and then you've got benjamin bratt 
Sexy. Sexy. Sexy man. And he's the detective who's always first on the scene all the time. Every single crime committed in this town, this detective is there. And you know what I also love is like, yeah, so he's the first one there. I do appreciate that it was uh, a love story of two people of color loving two yes, people of color. Yes, I do like that Just as well. in a very shitty movie. A terrible movie. Can we talk about her fighting style with Capoeira? She was always just like, skit, skat. Ah, kick. She kick, was kicking here, kicking, kicking there. Here. Oh, the musical score of this movie. Okay. Who scored this movie? I don't even know. It was just soft R&B wailing. Ooh, even like in the middle of a fight scene. Ha, ha, I kick it up. Ha, ha, who? I'm kicking. Nope, I'm gonna get you. Give me them diamonds. I'm a cat woman. I'm the cattiest cat woman ever. You like bad girls. <laughs> Those are direct lines from it. Yeah. Like, yeah, those were direct lines. It was like someone was like, we need a score for this. Should we get a composer? No, no, no. Let me get my uh, R&B playlist. Yeah. And we'll just we'll score just that. Play. She's a black woman. In the middle of her fight scene. She's a cat woman. Oh, and then it'd be like lyrics. She's like, she's kicking it up. She's dangerous. She's sassy fresh. She's getting it going. This uh, is the truth. We're not even, are, we're not. Oh, best scene. Okay. She, so she's she's already become a cat woman. She, so she, she got dies a- in water and a cat breathes life into her. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I don't and care we're about not you. Sure how You're she, mad. She <laughs> died. They, she was like snooping around and they started, they're like, who's there? They started shooting at her because that's what you do. Right. And then she got cat powers. Because one, we were really pissed off about this too because CGI, CGI cat for no reason. For no All reason. they needed a cat was to walk up on her and breathe some, breathe some breath into her mouth. A cat could have done that. There was a million CGI things. I'm like, why was that CGI? Right. They had real cats there. So then she's playing basketball. And really, if you were like, watch, if you were, if you were friends with Holly Berry as Catwoman while this movie was happening, you'd be like, this woman's just crazy. I don't know if she's a Catwoman, <laughs> no. but the, she's just crazy. Yes. She's playing basketball because again, she's black. So they're like, you know what she's going to do? We need something do? urban. <laughs> she's playing basketball. With a bunch of little kids watching her. They were like, why don't y'all play basketball on a date? And it's just like, the, it's really bad rough cuts. It, it they're literally, it looks like they're just. <laughs> standing spooning each other because you shoot like from uh, uh, the waist up it's like them and then it's like a stunt double and they're just like tossing a basketball around uh, Ooh, ah. and then the worst part about it is she then fights they couldn't fight a real villain for her this is the thing that no. really ticks me off she literally fights sharon stone face yeah so the the the, the villain is a beauty cream <laughs> That makes your face, when you stop using it, it makes your face melt. And when you keep using it, it turns your face to marble. Yeah, so that's her big villain. She's fighting a makeup line, <laughs> which I think, and Holly Berry was wearing so much makeup throughout the movie, she I think was it was a commercial for Revlon the entire so time. Much. Lip gloss was popping through the her whole thing. Her lip gloss thing. was cool. Lip gloss was popping. Also, can we talk about how she gave herself a haircut with two scissors, one in each hand? She did. She cut, oh yeah, because she's because cat, cats can do that. Cats are nimble. She's like a snip, a snip, a snip, a snip, a snip, a snip, a snip. She just happened to have this like black black sexy leather like they do yeah. they, they drop it in her friend Alex Borstein's like maybe you should wear that you know black leather outfit I gave you for your birthday so then you know she's got one what friend gives you a black leather that's expensive I bought a leather jacket and that cost a lot of money. Your friends need to step it up in case you become the cat woman. And then, so that outfit, the first outfit she has, it's cool. It works. It's cute. It's cute. And then she takes it up a notch. She just slashes it to pieces. She slashes it to pieces. She's wearing some sort of bra, which how are her boobies staying up in there while they she's fighting? They are not. She's got, like, her leather pants are slashed with claw marks. She's, she's wearing like, open-toed stilettos. stilettos. And being, a, like, a, a fighting crime, being a jewel thief. 
She attached some belts to like crisscross on her on her gut. You just didn't even know. It just it, it makes you just so sad because it was such a missed opportunity that whoever whoever wrote this saw a cast grab. I know. They were like, Holly Berry's really famous right now. Let's yes. get her in a superhero thing. And then let's fuck it up. Yeah, it was like this was like a passion project <laughs> no, or anything. Dumb. Couldn't give her a villain. Why does she have she okay, she goes, she steals from a, a, a jewelry place. But she beats up the burglars she, who are already And there's like five or six burglars robbing a jewelry store because that's what you do. That's what you do. And they're like, a bang, bang, I'm going to shoot you. Nobody's paying attention. No cops are on the beat, apparently, that Where night. was Benjamin Bratt that day? You're Taking usually the first one on the scene, Not but there. burglary happens. She steals a bunch of jewels. She does. And then she wakes up, <laughs> she feels bad, puts them in a brown paper bag, and writes sorry on it, and yeah. then leaves it there. And the sorry, <laughs> spoiler, the sorry happens to be the same because she stood up Benjamin Bratt for coffee because yes. she became the cat woman and died. So she missed yeah. the coffee she date. She missed the coffee date. she was just like napping as a cat. That's what cat you do. Um, also, I love that every time Holly Berry's in a scene she's, she's like, like she's like a cat she like literally Holly Berry did her research and she's like I'm oh, a yeah. cat she's like tweak 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 cat meow she's like walking on the furniture like a cat you yeah know? So she looks just like a crazy lady she looks like a crazy person but when she missed her date with Benjamin Bratt she wrote sorry on the coffee cup the same way the same way when she returned the jewels on the brown hair bag it said sorry so then he conveniently still has the coffee cup on his desk and matches like it takes him 12 years. He's like looking at the cup and then he's looking at the bag. Then he's, he's looking, looking at, the, at cup, the cup and then looking he's at the looking bag. at the bag. And then he goes to a handwriting specialist I, when you can look at it and it looks the same. And the best part is the handwriting specialist because they keep trying to have this plot that like, and you never buy it because it's Holly Berry and Holly Berry can play certain roles and not this. She looks like Holly Berry in a mask. And that's why every time she's just Holly Berry. And so the guy was like, oh, this first writing, which is the patient Phillips one. He's yeah. like, this is a woman who she's very humble. She's not sure about herself. And then he looks, <laughs> so at, the, he looks at the cat woman writing and he's like but this is a woman who's bad and dangerous and knows what she wants they like literally yeah. redefine her lazy like, writing put it together this is a party yeah like, what thanks what? handwriting man and the entire time like she's like at the very end she's like um she gets framed for murder the plot just goes crazy Sharon Stone tries to like you know frame her for murder for her husband doesn't Sharon Stone hit Holly Berry with a lead pipe in the in her naked exposed yes, gut several does. times oh, yeah. and then Holly Berry just gets up she does like at first she's like meow. like for, again, she's fighting Sharon Stoneface. Is Sharon Stoneface <laughs> uh, trained in Capoeira? But somehow, like, she getting and when Holly Berry takes a hit, her fighting, like, again, 110. percent Oh. And like my favorite, la- I just want to get this last thing out of 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 when like it's this big. She's supposed to be Catwoman, right? Yes, she's supposed to be Catwoman. Because again, like Holly Berry is only playing like, well, what if I was in this scene? How yeah. would I react? Not how Catwoman would react. Because when hot, she, how I, how Holly I, Berry. Yes. So when she finds out that Sharon Stone set her up for murder and that she was like, so she doesn't react like, ooh, I can't believe you did it. I'm Catwoman. I'm gonna fight you. She's like, no, you set me up for murder. It was you all along? No, because if you were in that situation, that's how you naturally would maybe react. If you're Catwoman, you're supposed to be like, oh, no, how dare you, criminal? Perfect. I know. <laughs> that was shoehorned in there. <laughs> I like how we're just like giggling in between all of these clips. It's like. Because you you know, as serious as it gets here at my Nona Corner, it's also a bit of a giggle time, which That's is true. something that I do, you know, I do, I think a lot of the community members have, uh, you know, we, we did a survey recently and something that people like really appreciate and you see in the reviews is our ability to, um, no, keep oh, can going. you hear me? Yeah. Oh. My phone went it's out. Our- my phone went out and now I'm back and you were being real serious. What? Just like you gesturing around. <laughs> God, but so that I, I really appreciate is that our ability to balance right. 
like fun with also seriousness. Oh my right? god, I know. And like the best best clip I would think of us really diving into serious and I'm like notice how my tone of voice is getting lower because yeah, she's getting ready. I'm getting ready. Because episode eighty three was like one of mm. our banger episodes. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I will admit I will just show up lazy wearing no pants and just have a list that I'm slapping on to fucking talk through. But yeah, I came prepared, you came prepared. Um in, mm-hmm. in this episode you talked about the AIDS quilt, right? Yes. Yeah the history of it because a lot of people didn't know what the AIDS quote was about mm-hmm. which was like incredibly informative to me like I was mm-hmm. you you took it all the way from the beginning all the way up to now I think yeah yeah and so that was super informative and then I talked about um what is what is academically called the Tulsa race riots but I redubbed it the Greenwood massacre because it was a massacre it, absolutely it was a was. massacre of black people so then oil struck. Ah, oh, fuck. Black, no. Okay, this is a good thing. This is good. Okay. Black gold. Oh. So the oil boom in, in the 1910s, yeah. the teens, um, northeastern version um, area of Oklahoma around Tulsa flourished. Wow. Including Greenwood neighborhood. And it became so wealthy, it was known as the Negro Wall Street or Black Wall Street. Oh my God, I want to go to there. Yeah. So the area was home to several prominent black businessmen. Not only did black Americans want to contribute to the sex, to sex success. It's a hard word. Ugh, too many S's and C's. <laughs> Why do we need all those S's we and don't. C's in there? Calm that down. They were, Less. They, were they did good. Yeah. Um, of their, <laughs> they did a good job. Of their own shops. They were also, there was also the racial segregation laws. So they mm. had no other option but to shop in Greenwood with their own people, but they were supporting each other. Right. There was oil boom, wealthy, wealthy area. Yeah. So Detroit Avenue along the edge of Sandpipe Hill contained a number of expensive houses wow. that belonged to doctors, Ooh. lawyers, yes. and business owners. Ooh. The buildings on Greenwood Ave housed offices of almost all of Tulsa's black lawyers, realtors, doctors, and other professionals. This is amazing. This sounds like a black utopia. Right? There were 15 well-known black American physicians, one of whom was Dr. A.C. Jackson. Okay. Now, Dr. Nasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, Dr. Jackson was considered the most able Negro surgeon in America. Damn right. Mm-hmm. Damn right. Okay, so at the same time... Okay. Ku Klux Klan started popping Oh, up. fuck. Here it goes. Yeah. Here we are. So in northeastern Oklahoma, um, there the Ku Klux Klan started to pop up and there was racial and political tension. Mm-hmm. Um, so in about 1921, yeah. there were about... 3,200 members of the Klan in Tulsa. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Ugh. You ready? I'm not, but okay. just give it to me because I need to know, we need to know this. So that, I've set the scene. You've set the scene. I know exactly. I feel like I'm magically transported back to there. Yes. And I am just waiting to see what happens next. Okay. So the madness all started in March 31st, 1921, when a 17-year-old white girl mm. named Sarah Page, mm. um, <sighs> Accused a black a nineteen year old black man Dick Rollins of assaulting her. Allegedly, right? Allegedly, alleged. Her word. This is. And she was an elevator operator, and he was a shoe shiner. Okay, they worked at the same building Probably. or something. I don't okay, know. All right. so that one event, that's that's it. The word of one seventeen year old white woman against the word of one nineteen year old black. Shoe shiner. Yeah. 
Okay, so that gave local mobs of white men acting as police cause to invade the community on March 31st, 1921. This assault was met by um, a bunch of armed community members to defend their home. Um, Some were black World War I veterans. Mm. So they defended the country, and now they have to defend their home from other Americans. Damn. This is why I don't call it a riot, because nobody was, this was, this was brutal. This was brutal. Yeah. So during the night and day of the riot, deputized whites killed more than 300 black people. This is insane. 300. And this is also like, these are American citizens. Right. These are like, that's, that's the end of the sentence. Like it's like, imagine like folks just coming into your town and city and just slaughtering your, your community and your people. 300. It gets worse. They looted and burned to the ground 40 square blocks of 1,265 African-American homes, including hospitals, schools, and churches, and destroyed 150 businesses. The city of Tulsa conspired with the mob, arresting more than 6,000 black residents and refusing to provide assistance. Law enforcement dropped firebombs on buildings, homes, and fleeing families, stating that they were protecting against the Negro uprising and estimated that 10,000 people were left homeless. Remember when I said in 1921 that there were 10,000 black people in Greenwood? Yep. Literally everyone who lived there was left homeless. Okay, so let's go back into the personal stories. Yeah. So OG Gurley? Yeah. Remember him? Yeah. Um, He lost everything. During the race riots, the Gurley Hotel, um, the, first, the street's first commercial enterprise, valued at $55,000, was lost, along with the Brunswick Billard Parlor, the Dock Eastman Hughes Cafe. Gurley also owned a two-story building. It housed Car- Carter's Barbershop, Hardy Rooms, a pool har- hall, and a cigar store. All were reduced to ruins by his account and court records. He lost nearly two hundred thousand dollars in the nineteen twenty one massacre. I'm not calling it a race, a, a riot. Well, it's so interesting. It's like who gets to tell history, right, and gets to report on it? Because I mean, there's there's nothing about a riot about this. These right. people were literally. It was a massacre. They were they they went in. I think it's even like. I don't know, like, what do you call it when there's people that go into your town and... and, and A mob, it's destruction. They can't handle the fact that black people were wealthy. That's what it literally comes down to, and it's so interesting because it's like, mm-hmm. I think this is the prime example, because I was literally thinking about, you know, like, this sounds like a black utopia, and I think a lot of communities uh, do really well by keeping their money within their communities, and they right. shop at their local businesses. I feel like this is the reason why mm-hmm. black communities aren't able to thrive. It was right. shut down immediately. Immediately, and we 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 that lesson it's there it was like a message was sent in the yeah. black community as like we, our communities aren't, aren't thriving as much as right. others. Or, or we we lose our neighborhoods. We don't right. own our neighborhoods as much. We don't own right. our own wealth. We don't keep the money within our own community and. One accusation by a 17-year-old girl leads to 300 people losing their lives and everyone becoming homeless in all the buildings. Anyway, so remember A.B. Jackson? Yeah. Dr. Jackson, the most capable um, black surgeon? Yeah. He was shot to death. He left his house during the unrest and somebody shot him. So... This massacre was omitted from state and local records and is rarely mentioned in history books, classrooms, or even in private. I've never heard about this ever. This is destruction at the highest level. If this were to happen right now, can you imagine? Yeah. This is disgusting. When I heard this story, I could not believe it. 
I, and I can see one of the I love when you throw down the research gauntlet. Oh, thank you. Like, yeah, I I learned that's one thing too that I really loved about doing this podcast is I mean the listeners are like we're like y'all are like oh we're learning we're learning too. It's not like I Seriously. came out of the womb with all this no, knowledge. No, I know. Like <laughs> I love doing the research because one it's like twofold. One I'm researching and learning about my topic, and then mm-hmm. two I love the way that we do this podcast is where we come on and. I'm basically learning whatever you're doing because we do it kind of, we do it a little cold for that Mm -hmm. pure reaction. And like, and what I think the biggest and best example, this is like, people still talk to me about this. Like I will go to parties and my friends will be like, Oh my God, this is happening. Um, I, I'm still thinking about the segment that you did James. And then also it was revisited because the cinematographer of, um, insecure that Issa, Issa Ray HBO show came out and started talking about, um, mm. color. So basically what I'm leading to is your segment on, um, episode 50, why your camera is racist. And Oh yes. Yeah. She said that film chemistry photo lab, Procedures, video screen color balancing practices, and digital cameras in general were originally developed with a global assumption of whiteness. Mm. So just to sort of reiterate what it is that you and I were just talking about. Mm -hmm. So if you think about this, so here's how it all went. So back in the day when you took your little photos and you needed to go to the film shop to get your film developed, it was very, very, very likely that these shots were calibrated against a Caucasian woman Mm. who her name was dubbed Shirley. Oh, a specific woman. Your photos... Yeah, it's an excellent woman. Um, Why It was her? called the Shirley... Co- I don't know. Okay. Somehow Shirley was the litmus test for all photos. So was she back in the day... Like, what the hell? <laughs> she was this white woman. She was wearing a white dress. Oh. And she had black gloves on. Oh. Um, and she had a pearl necklace. And she was surrounded by three pillows. This is luxurious. Of primary colors, so blue, like the primary colors, blue, red, and yellow. Um, so, James, real quick. Yes? They kind of went a little ridiculous <laughs> with this picture. With the Shirley card? Yes! Her hair is brown. She also had, like, brown okay. auburn hair. <laughs> so everything was about the Shirley card. She was yes. the litmus test. So oh, man. It didn't, so if they were, like, if they were testing to see if, like, all the chemicals and everything was right, um, if Shirley's dress was yellow, or if her peach skin wasn't peachy, if any of the oh. pillows, if the pillows were messed up, they were like, uh-oh, we gotta reset everything. Oh, snap. So... If you do not match those things in the Shirley card, God damn it. your pictures are probably going to turn out pretty fucking fucked up. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, a, you know, with a white body as the light meter and all other skin tones are becoming deviations from the norm. Ooh, this is a good analogy for racism and sexism today. We're not mm-hmm. mad at Shirley. We're mad at the systems that were set up. Shirley, do your to, thing. Apparently, your to picture favor was favor Shirley. Yeah, and a picture. Your picture was apparently hella cute. That's awesome. Yeah. But it's now the decades of of what that created around it, Shirley. Yes. So Kodak, who developed all of the the system and technology, um, they distributed Shirley cards. And unexposed, neg- <laughs> and unexposed negatives of Shirley cards to photo labs everywhere for quality control. So she was the litmus okay. test, right? 
Yes. Um, there's this one quote from Adam Broomberg. He held an exhibition in 2013 around the subject of race bias and early photography. And he said that if you mm-hmm. exposed film for a white kid, uh, the black kid sitting next to him would be rendered invisible except for the whites of his eyes and teeth. Which God damn think, it. And think about like, you know, as you go on, like I, so many pictures I've seen from like, you know, my family, or if you look in like old photos and kind of yeah. keep this in the back of your head, maybe we can unpack this a little bit later, but you know, jokes that get said about like, oh, I can't see so-and-so except for their teeth. Yeah. And, Interesting. I'm now seeing the connection. Right. And so, uh-huh. and the sort of shaming that that sort of happens towards black folks and their inability to show up in pictures that were never designed for their skin tone. Oh, wow. This is fascinating. So Shirley wasn't only used in the labs. So photography Mm. studios, film production crews, they all started using the sort of uh, Shirley cards and the the way, and the Shirley test. And TV crews would often use what they called uh, color girls, who often enough, who oddly enough were all white girls. And so they would use uh, these color (laughs) girls to, uh, to discover like the balance of the camera. So they might have them hold up like a black or a white card to figure out the the camera balance. Um, But these girls were always white. So NBC used to use these, a lot of different production crews. So film photography has a lot to do with chemical composition. And for decades, uh, color film yeah. in the U.S. was calibrated to highlight Caucasian skin tones, and mm. there was this um, there was this documentary producer Jean Luc Godard. He was a new wave filmmaker, and he was commissioned to make a film about Mozambique. And he reportedly yeah. refused to use the Kodak Chrome film, which was the most popular film color at the time, because he complained that the film was developed for primarily a white market, and he pretty much called it uh, that film racist. Good for him. Good for him. Okay, so um, Roth, who I was talking about earlier, who is the professor, she goes on to explain that film emulsions could have been designed initially with more sensitivity to the continuum of yellow, brown, and reddish skin tones. Interesting process. Well, but... But here's the thing. What she's saying is that um, the design process would have would have had to have been motivated by a recognition of the need for an extended dynamic and range. Because right. no one had an interest in developing that sort of technology or even had the forethought. They didn't care to, right? They didn't uh, see anything. Yeah. They didn't see a need to. Mm. Um, that it's possible and it would have been possible, but no one cared to. They just so, didn't want to do well, it. Yeah. Why would they? Like they were, you know, if your photos are turning out nice and fine, right? then you have no room. It's so interesting because it's sort of like, I mean, again, this is another example of white privilege, even looking at, right. you know, band-aids were designed for white folks to be able to match the, the color of their skin tone. And exactly. if it's, again, you're not, you, why would you have any interest in changing the status quo when you're not affected by it? It's like a perfect, like grand metaphor or an example of white privilege. Why are we waiting so long? I feel like we're like... <laughs> well, there you have it, folks. That is why your camera is yes. is racist. And it's like and we still are being affected um by this. And I think like it's so one thing I love about like, you know, doing this podcast and mm-hmm. going on this ride of this podcast, it's just unpacking things that either we take for granted or we were never taught in high school yeah. or we don't or we don't understand the racial, like, I don't know, not by, like, how 
racist the world is or like how um what's the word i'm looking for like how fucked up um, the world is complex and like why it is oh yeah how it came to be how it came to be how 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 it came to be and like the things that we just don't we don't even question and i think like we i don't think we just like question things for questions we just sort of like we're like, well, here's the other things to add to your informational palette right. of why things are the way that they are so that you can then start asking the questions because then you have the information behind it to then start questioning those things. Exactly, and noticing the patterns as well. Like, that was one of the the great things about the Why Your Camera is So Racist is when people actually started talking about it um, later on after our episode, people who listened would then come to me and be like, oh my God, I learned about that. In your podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, mm-hmm. yes, all the snaps to you. Mm-hmm. Episode 50. Oh, and that was when I had just got back from, uh, that was almost about a year ago, because I had just gotten back mm. from uh, Palm Springs and had a very sexy adventure there. Oh, excuse we're not gonna. We're not going to a clip of that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's you just know you what? giggling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, splash, splash. <laughs> you know, uh, one thing, too, that I, you know, I see that, like, we have quite the challenge here at Minority Corner because we are mm-hmm. Minority Corner, and that corner is very full. Because we yes. and like and we got we are, lots of corners. We got lots of corners because we hold space for everyone who is not in the dominant hegemony sort of thing, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's a lot of groups. There's a lot of that's a, a that's a lot of damn groups. That's all the groups except for maybe one. That's one, yeah, <laughs> and one that just tends to hold all the power. And you can process of elimination figure out what group that is. Exactly. Just put your fingers down, and your... then you'll notice. <laughs> You'll um, start to notice. <laughs> but what I really do appreciate is that we are we really do try to make an effort to talk about a diversity of issues. I mean, obviously, we definitely talk about, you know, I talk about, you know, black and queer issues and you talk black black and lady issues and the intersectionality of those. But we also do try to diverge out. Um, I remember I had yeah. talked about the Chinese... Um, uh, oh, exclusionary the act. Chinese yes. exclusionary act, which then closely linked a- into your episode that you did, uh, right? Episode eighty-two about Tyrus Wong. Yes, he was a um, the um, Asian American artist who inspired and literally created the whole feel and theme of Bambi. Never mm-hmm. gets credit. Never gets the credit. And he also. Um, we were able to connect those two stories because he lived that life of the, of the Chinese exclusionary act coming to America. So, um, it's like, we like Nancy drew that. It was like digging for clues. Pat on our backs. (laughs) Thank you very much. We're the researchers. Should we go listen? Let's give it, let's give it a listen. (laughs) So, um, so, um, Jen Yao and his father were obliged to travel under false identities, a state of affairs known among Chinese immigrants as being a paper son. Oh. So basically a paper son is what, um, here, let me explain okay. it. So basically like you did in the last episode, you talked about the Chinese exclusion act of 1882, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Where the United States was like, we don't want Chinese people here. We're racist. Mm-hmm. So here it is a so hundred years later. <laughs> Yeah. So this is um, 19. So in in order to kind of circumvent this shit, Mm -hmm. um, this is one way people would do it. So in 1906, um, San Francisco had the earthquake and the fire. Right. Yeah. So 
because of the huge number of municipal documents, including birth certificates, immigration records, they were destroyed in this fire. So many um, newly arrived Chinese people capitalized on this loss by maintaining that they had been born in San Francisco mm. before the fire. So then see the loophole. They were like, um, ah, mine, mine was in that fire. So exactly. Yeah. I, exactly. And then um, so as the United States citizens, they were entitled to bring over their relatives. <sighs> so they would be like, yeah, I was here. And also, so was here comes my grandma. <laughs> yeah, She was, you know, I was already here. So grandma's got to come my, here too. My family here. Makes sense. Right. Well done. So, a lot of people would then use, they would call them paper sons. They would essentially shuttle in people from China um, under false identities as their relatives. And that is how Jen Yao, who is Tyler Swong, we'll get to that, Mm -hmm. and his father got here. Wow. So in December 30th, 1920, after a month at sea, the Wongs landed at Angel Island Immigration Station, which is basically the Ellis Island of the West. And also where I had my birthday party where I got blackout drunk yes. when I turned 28. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Yay. Two, two classy affairs. <laughs> it was it, That's all Angel Island's claim to fame. This being the Ellis Island of the West Coast and James Martin's 28th birthday Pirate party. Pirate party. Ooh, that was drunk. <laughs> Ooh, it was a mess. Anyway, so, um, but, um, so they, they were, um, on sea for a month and they came to Angel Island and then, um, Jen Yao was detained on the island for nearly a month yeah. as the only child among the immigrants there. Wow. So he was the only kid there and he was there for a whole month Damn. just waiting to leave detention. I can't even imagine what that would be so, like to be like a child and you're just like, I am here in this strange land away from all of my family and I'm just in this detention Right, his center. dad wasn't even... Wow. His dad wasn't there with him. His dad was already released to Sacramento. So he was there by himself as this kid. Damn. And then his dad had to be in fucking Sacramento. Have you been there? I'm sure yeah. it was shitty then too. Ooh. Not a we fan. Love sacramental listeners. <laughs> I love anyway, the listeners. So- <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in Sa- he finally joined his father in Sacramento, um, and a school teacher Americanized his name to Tyrus. Whoa. Thanks, school teacher. Okay. So from then on out, he was known as Tyrus Wong. Um, after that, his father left to go to L.A., leaving Tyrus in Sacramento in a boarding house for two years. Damn, this kid. So his dad's like, bye. He is like <laughs> their <laughs> original orphan Annie, like orphan Tyrus. Where's that crazy. story? Yeah. Ugh. Right? So when Tyrus, um, so his first art teacher with his father, so his father, this is before he left. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me scoop back. So, okay, so he lived in a vernum, uh, a, ve- a vernum-infested boarding house, sandwich routine, a butcher shop, and a brothel. I, so wow. even more Orphan Annie. <laughs> this, yeah, just when you thought it couldn't get even more Orphan Annie, kicked in it up a notch. This is a hard-knock life. This is the hard-knock life. So, let's just add something else no. to the mix. <laughs> After school, Tyrus worked as a houseboy for two Pasadena families, earning 50 cents a day. 50 cents a day. That's like... <laughs> And then, then went back to his house between the butcher shop and the brothel. Like, wow. It's a hard knock life for Tyrus. Also, remember, someone renamed him, too. Right. The teacher was like, I don't like your name. Fuck your culture. Here's another name. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. there it is. I well, know. Aneka, you know what? As much fun as we have giggling and also just yeah. diverging about all the different topics and conversations, sometimes you and I do not see eye to eye. <laughs> No. So a classic fight we had was about Tesla. And you could go listen to that early on. Episode but then we four. had a later fight. Oh, yeah. That, oh, and then, <laughs> and we had a later we fight. We did. And like, it's funny because a Tesla fight, like we, you and I were like, are we okay after that? But like, I apparently know. the listeners had no idea. And that's what we learned that we can't really drink and do the podcast at the same time. <laughs> no. And also, I like how nobody can tell when we're fighting. Like even this one, we got some feedback. Episode 66. Yes. Um, and we legit, you were like, I gotta go. And we like turned the phone. Didn't we turn, <laughs> oh, stop yeah. recording? No, this thing gets intense. So pretty much, and I get, I get into a debate about female visibility and like the latest Star Wars. You're all about it. Um, but yeah. there gets a point like where Aneke and I, we literally had to stop recording and just take, a, take break. a break and a breather. And then, you know what? Props to you because Aneke, you were like, do you want to just take a break? You could just see little brother's yeah. steam coming the steam out. Steam coming out of your ears. <laughs> And I think it made for a really good debate. So let's give it a little listen. Is that there are women everywhere. I recently watched episode seven again. Which one the women... fuck is episode seven? Help me. Oh, that's the newest one. Force Awakens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There are women fucking everywhere. There are women. Right. And so, but my thing is, like, in this Rogue One, it's like women can't be pushing buttons in the background. They can't be just walking by. They can't. They were. Weren't they? No. They were all no. over the. Mm-mm. I mean, okay. You know what? We Mm-mm. are going to disagree. We're going to agree to disagree on this one. Because, no, because- I, I'm, I'm literally, I'm, t- I'm telling I literally was sitting there. And, 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 I mean, I was even talking to, like, you can look on. Well, we can look, do research and look online, but like comparatively mm-hmm. to episode seven, it's it's not the same. And I will say this, in the tail end of Rogue One, at the very mm-hmm. end, there started to be, there was a woman who was in a fighter plane. But like when I'm, if you, if you compare this to mm-hmm. episode seven, there are, it's not even comparative. Like there are women like everywhere from, yeah. from pushing, like they're, they're pushing buttons. They're in airplanes. They're in bazaars. They're in, they're in the entirety of the galaxy, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, even in, here's the other thing too, that I want to point out that episode seven does amazingly well too. There's even women, and this is just goes for like movies in this genre in general, women yeah. just tend to be absent in the background. And I tell you this, that for like when I watch like a a movie in this sort of genre or an action movie, when right. there's not women who are I I tune out. It's hard for me to enjoy it because I just and I just need like one woman just running around in the background with a gun or something or like okay well as a woman I I was not necessarily I guess turned off because this wasn't. To me, they're two different movies because Rogue One is a heist movie with like four main characters, whereas the the New Hope was like a big expanding full galaxy thing with like. But I get it. But I mean, to me, I saw there was a black woman that was in charge in a, in a bomb ass gold hooded outfit. There was the main woman, Jin Urso. There was her mom. There was the woman fighter pilot. And I get it. I'm always all about women being in it. I totally understand it. There was a woman. There was a woman who was was a part of the the. The fighting team. But, and, and, but the thing is that, like, you can... But I'm telling you, because I just rewatched this movie, and I remember I remember walking away from The Force Awakens, the, the, the Star Wars that came out last year, that you can't count... Like, right now, you can, you can, you can count... 
you can count the women background. But extras. I feel like you can Wait, count hold, hold, the hold, hold, amount of people hold, hold, that were in Rogue let, One, though. Let me, let me. Okay, I think I think my my point is just getting kind of lost here, actually, because what I'm saying, all I'm saying is that what I appreciate from the Force Awakens is that there's I there I, I there's an explosive amount of women through extras. I'm just talking extras, like female stormtroopers. And that, here's the thing: there's there were there were women on the bad side as well, which I appreciated. That a lot of times, like in movies, is that like you won't even have women who they're if they're if they're going to be extras, they're going to be maybe on just the good side. What I love is that there were like bad ladies too in for in the Force Awakens. Is that like from what I saw? Is that in the Force Awakens there just was a plethora more of of women that I couldn't even I couldn't even count. And so I just I appreciated that. I'm not saying Rogue One was a terrible movie. I'm not saying that. I just think that to me it was a step back in terms of the amount of visibility for women in the Star Wars universe. That it just wasn't Force Awakens just did a lot of badass shit um, in terms of it. And I don't I just think that Rogue One wasn't quite up there. It wasn't on the same level that you can right now you can list to me and count it. And then Force Awakens, like I say, go back rewatch it. That there's like women galore all throughout it. All right. I mean, I don't want to get into this argument with you. I enjoyed Rogue One, and I, I, I didn't don't... say I didn't enjoy it. I think you're. I know. Totally I'm just saying that it ma- it puts from... me in a weird position as a woman who didn't have a problem with the representation of women. But in it, it doesn't. But I I'm allowed to have I'm allowed you totally to have are. my own. I, you are. It's just my own. Pers- I mean, I do feel like I'm allowed to have my opinion too i'm not saying that you're not i just feel like i'm being a- attacked because you had How one opinion attacking and i had you? another one i'm not attacking you this is besides what i actually really wanted to talk about anyways so moving on now on top of fights spicy fights that we have wait wait bec- I, I got a yeah. little tidbit for you about that fight though oh i oh, tell me. um because in the star wars rebel lady wars or what was the movie called rogue wars rogue one yeah yeah rogue one so there is <laughs> a lot of adjectives to get to <laughs> Ladies, Rebelin, Rogan, Rebel Wars, Star Wars, Vogue Vogue, Wars, Vogue, Vogue, Rogue Wars. I would love to see that movie, by the the way. The the, the Vogue Wars. I like, okay, what is it? It's the Vogue Wars. The um, Empire is sickening. Ooh, the Empire is slaying. Yes. The Empire slays back. Yes. Oh man! Um, so I, so I, what the one of the hosts of the Marvel show that I also co-host for a little plug. Um, he mm-hmm. is like he Whip. he knows. So Ryan Agent M, who's AKA Agent M, he knows all the information about like I think I about know about nerdy stuff. Like I know like <laughs> an eighth of the information that he knows. And so oh, wow. I had told him once. I told him about like our little debate, and he mentioned something that I think you would really appreciate is that um one of the mm-hmm. female fighter pilots in the very last scene all of a sudden there's an Asian female fighter pilot who we've never seen before at all like she just sort of shows up in the very end do you want Uh do you know about that footage and where that came from no, tell me she was in the original Star Wars A New Hope and they cut her out of Star Wars A New Hope and they report and they use that same exact footage for Rogue One cool see I love this this is okay 
Well, I do not want to open this really can of worms excited. again. Okay, but it's only really quick, just really quick. A piece of me is so excited that you work for Marvel because you got all this insider track I to do. like geek knowledge. Yeah. And I love me a BTS, a behind the Ooh, scenes. So. Spell it out for the kids. Because I was like a Belle Biv DeVoe, a BLT sandwich. No well, listen, you, your letters, I can't keep up. I'm, I'm, I'm holding on to every letter as they come, just hoping I understand um oh my god but so you, good speaking of letters we also go into some nursery rhymes too later on oh we sure do an a is for apple and <laughs> s s s f is for fuck and we like to say that word a lot 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 um where are we okay, okay. you put you made this happen um i did <laughs> but you know what so, i feel like i interrupted you though go ahead oh well, i was just gonna say sometimes you know what but and i get what i love about us we're able to fight and come back and sometimes it just gets into giggle town usa good okay see that's what i was trying to set up <laughs> with my alphabets into nursery rhymes oh that's what you're going Goldilocks. with that. <laughs> you need is to go nursery, with me is that a nursery rhyme it does it count Since as a, it's when? a story? Bedtime story? Mother Goose. I mean, Mother Goose. And let me tell you something about Mother Goose. She's you know scary what? as fuck. She, you know what? I was going to say the same thing. She is no nonsense. Those little, she has those, she has those glasses. You know those tiny little beady glasses? Right. Mother Goose does not fuck around. Also, James. What? Where are her children? <laughs> Excuse me, Mother Goose. <laughs> she is like uh, running around trying to mother all the woodland's other children but exactly. where are hers where the mother fuck goose? are your children mother goose leave me alone and find your own damn children reading all these bedtime stories but mother goose i don't see your children let but me you know read what? you mother i goose. bet she has a sad story someone probably done took her kids and she is that's why she got to tell stories to stranger kids stories sounds stranger creepy kids. to me it sounds like a that horror sounds movie creepy to me coming to you next october a mother goose story but um we talked about you know what what i love what we cracked the case of the true story about mm -hmm. Goldie Bitch. Yeah, Goldie Bitch and the seven... <laughs> well, the, 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 Not it was the just seven. Three. The, That's a big-ass family. The, That's a... <laughs> So that would be her breaking so much furniture and being like, I don't Oops. like this. Oops. Oops. Well, this is in episode 77. We break it down um, CSI style. CSI style. The story of Goldilocks. Of Goldilocks. Survived. You know, Clearly yeah. her story was not told. Yeah. Um, it sounds to me like these kids went over to her house, ate her home, and murdered mm -hmm. her. Truth for the sugar witch. Yeah. So I'm just saying, <laughs> the jury's still I'm out. I'm side eyeing those she, fucking Hansel and Gretel. Hansel and Betel. Probably related to Red, um, what's her face, and the Bears, Goldilocks, another trifling ass going into somebody's house. Red? <laughs> I was going to say Red Riding Hood, but she her was just minding her own business. What, she was, was just she, trying to go to her grandma's house. Was she? <laughs> was she? I don't know. I saw Into the Woods, and she looked like she was up to no good. No good. Don't trust her. Eating all, eating all them snacks. Uh-uh. I'd rather, I rather pull my side-eye attention over to Goldilocks, breaking chairs. You know, she busts porridge. up into some house. You know, we're like the uh -huh. new... You know, we're like the... Uh, new, who's the story? The Grimm's Brothers? We're like... Yeah, we are. We're the... We're the real... The real the real folks telling the truthers stories. Of the truthers of the... <laughs> but yeah, back to Goldie. Goldie, Goldie bitch. I'm gonna call her that, okay? Cause she, I think so. You know what? Goldie bitch. She I comes agree. up in there. And um, first of all, where did she come from? Like, they just start you off in the middle of the story and they're just like, was she going home? 
home? Like, where was right. she going to school? Why was she, she not lost in school? In the woods? Was she, we what didn't is she get, doing? We didn't get. And see, that's the thing, shady, because we don't get to hear all of her whole entire backstory. So something's already exactly. not right. And I bet you, this is not the first mm-hmm. time this bitch has gone up into someone's house. Oh hell no! Because you know why? <laughs> why? She had the nerve to critique these strangers' shit. She's like, this chair oh. is too small. <laughs> this chair is too big. Fuck you, bitch. Yeah, this is not wait, your shit. It's not your house. She's like, ooh, this porch uh, is too hot. Don't eat nobody's <laughs> porch. It's not yours. Entitlement, entitlement, and like, ooh, I'm gonna take a nap. I done ate all their food, and she's like, oh, this TV's too small. This I one's know. not. This one's not 3D. Mm, they don't have Netflix, and she's like, well, ooh. I'm gonna take a nap. Is this get out of Rachel Dozel is oh, Goldie? That's true. Just taking people Rach- shit and complaining about it. <laughs> I actually now want to woo her to make a film and be like, I'm gonna tell your story and like no, no, and, put it, and put it through that. But she literally is. And you know what? If I'm that bear, just had a wonderful day with my family, and we've been going and through some tough outing. times. And out, yes. we just went out for a walk because we're like, we need to have this porch cool. Everyone's got their porch the way that they want it because it's our, right. our family is bomb ass. We step out for minutes. Mm-hmm. minutes. Just a minute. And you just know to what? go grab some berries or do some bear yeah. wood stuff. Wear wood stuff. Don't be all up in my business. You know, that's why I had to no, go no, off camera for that. We're a secret bear family. We, we got our life. You know, not going to lock my door because I trust my neighborhood. I trust my neighbors. Right. Nobody lives around here. I Those get squirrels up. are nice. And the house is a wreck. My <laughs> she, she changed my Netflix password. It's a mess. Porridge all open. Broken. <laughs> she probably took the porridge and like threw it on the ground. She's like, "Ew, I don't like this one. It's, this is gross." Mm, who eats porridge? And then like shit, like go up into the room, and then there's some blonde ass bitch laying in the bed. In my bed. In my bed. Get out of my bed. Do you think it's weird that the parents weren't sharing a bed? Listen, they have their own issue. Maybe they have their own. own you know don't what? touch their life. Maybe Papa Bear snores. And yeah. And you know what? And Mama Bear just yeah. needs. It's a family that everybody gets what they need. Everyone gets their Clearly, own. Clearly, they got their own chairs fit for them. They got their porridge made for them, and they got their bed sized for them. Who cares if Baby Bear is going to be growing in another month? Absolutely. Still, let's make them another bear <laughs> chair. In bed. Sounds like a family who's really got their shit together. And then this girl comes in here, creates a, 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 a ruckus, and then goes and tells the tale that they, like, she was like, I, you know, we only hear her her side of the story. Like, why is this story named after her? Goldilocks. And then the three bears. They ain't got no names? I know. Who are they? Is Bear I, their last name? I want their names. I want their names. So anyway, Is it just is... a description of them? Do they have, a, are they Sandra McGillicuddy and yeah. her family? Would we like to know? <laughs> Anyways... That has been story time with James in a necky corner. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, it's that is one of my favorite moments because it just it came out of nowhere. You and I it just it li- was not on the agenda, but it okay. definitely. <laughs> we recently had the honor of being written up in Lifehackers editor's Ooh. favorite podcast, and uh, all the props and snaps to us. But we were also described as a rambling podcast, which yep. is where's the lie? Where's the lie? Where's I, you know what? I can't even be mad because they are like the magical sitar and they are only speaking the truth. Um, you know, I want to talk about, there was a, a, a two-part segment that I did that I found to be very divisive. That people Why was either it divisive? Were, people, people were either really into it or they did not like it at all. Who didn't like 
okay, so we're talking about episode 89. 89, which also went into episode 90, but 89 is where I got into like the big meat of it, where we talked about Queen Khalifa. And yeah. I feel like I feel like some people really missed the point that what I was saying, I wasn't saying for fact that I know this woman existed, but I'm saying that there is, we learn about myths all the time about white dudes doing shit and nobody waves yeah. a finger and um, says, Paul Bunyan, I'm Paul looking Bunyan. at you. Or even just like from like Greek mythology or whatnot, no one's like, well, I don't know. We take those stories in and then it inspires art and creativity. It empowers a bunch of white folks to do a lot of shit. Wait, hold up. I am upset for anybody who talked to you about this segment because this segment, and I will do it. I'm about to be fucking mm. protecting you on the school oh, ground right you. now. Thank this is you. our podcast. I could do this. So <laughs> one, I was inspired by Queen Khalifa. Right, yeah. Two, we had some corner kids who created art off of Queen Khalifa. They Three, did. anybody who wants to downplay and not like Queen Khalifa, you have no magic in your heart. Ooh, she said it. Well, let's see what all the hubbub was about. Episode 89. Let's listen to a little bit of Queen Khalifa. Um, so according to some scholars, there were Africans who came to the United, to um, the new lands of America mm. before slavery. I believe before it. Before Columbus. Yep. And thousands of years before Jesus Christ. There we go. And in many of these cases, blacks were in other well, indigenous wait, hold nations. On. Yes. Jesus never came to America. Well, I know, but this is like saying that before, like even before, before Jesus was even born. Okay, got it. Blacks. Got it. I'm not, I'm not being a Mormon. Um, <laughs> that, <laughs> is, apparently, didn't he like bury a book over here in Utah? There's something. Anyways, that's what John um, Smith was out there wandering around in Utah oh, for. John Smith. I want what you're smoking. Okay. No, I don't. <laughs> no. Um, so, so, so essentially, like thousands and thousands of years ago, mm-hmm. um, blacks were already here, along with the indigenous folks as well, mm-hmm. establishing thriving civilizations. And Queen Khalifa mm. and what was known as the California Blacks um, were part of this. There was an ancient black nation that was living here in yes. the Americas. The California according, Blacks, yes, yes, according to myth and legend. Okay, um, yes. So I'll hey. preface this with this, but this is sounding del- and as we go through. You're gonna be like that. Kind of makes sense. I mean, it so, does make sense. Let's first of all just think about the Polynesian cultures. If they can get Hawaii, you. Fiji, um, yes. Samoa, all across yep. the world, same, yes. all derivative of the same culture, seafaring people. Why can't people from Africa be over here in California? Ding, ding, ding! I could pack it up and go home. But you know what? I just want to. You've you've already hit the 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 top pin of the curtain. I'm making up analogies. Doesn't make sense. Sure, I want to put yeah. some weight under it. Yeah. Ooh, let's bring it information. down. Let's bring so, it down. Yes. So let's get like the Khalifa. Where does that come from? Mm-hmm. It's likely formed from the Arab- Arabic word Khalifa, which means religious state leader mm. or um. A ruler uh, means or God's ruler oh. in um, in Moorish Arabic. Okay. So, like I said, you might have seen her, and like we, there are images of her. I highly recommend googling her. Although when I did just last Google her, it was like some like like there. Most of the images that you see, it's like that we're reclaiming Queen Khalifa. Like some will have her like in this like she's this white woman in this like Athenian sort of garb, and it's like no, that's no. not who she was. When you listen to these stories, mm-hmm. so setting the scene, so um. 
apparently so you have these ancient like so some of the cultures that you just mentioned from uh like the polynesian area yeah and so they come from like the empire and they also i'm going to talk about this in another episode but they're also like um black moorish chinese that existed like tens of thousands of years ago like and it makes sense black folks were getting around they were getting around so they were yes. raiding over the empire of, uh, so you had, it was a mixture, these Calif- these black Californians were uh, a mixture of the empire of Z, mm. the ancient kingdom of Utala, mm. and the nation of Atlan. And so uh, Queen Khalifa, she was this great queen of gold and diamonds. Yes. Um, she was a decorated warrior and general Fuck mother. Yes. She was the grand and beautiful royal leader and beloved of of all these wealthy and powerful folks. It was essentially just like the land of blacks. So I love this. Huge in resources of gold diamonds, okay. um, precious stones and, and metals. And there's some... There's different sort of, uh, I was reading different articles and it's, they had different ideas of how far her reaches stretched. Mm. So some uh, kind of put her, so there was like this rumored, and I'll, I'll go into like where some scholars of Spain were always talking about this island of California, which oh. might have been, which might have actually been uh, Baja, because they kind of, they thought, if you look at Baja, they thought it was an island, I guess, right. at the it's time. A pen- it's a very long peninsula. It's a very long peninsula, so you could easily mistake it for, you know, an, an island. So mm-hmm. some say that her her reaches stretch from San Francisco to Baja, mm. as far inland as some as Colorado or Utah, definitely to the Pacific Ocean islands and nations, including what? Hawaii, like you mentioned, and Australia. And they were, like you said, they commanded lots of ships. They were seafaring yes. trades. They were and they were heavily into trade. Um, I love this. And when you think about it, of course, it, it sort of makes sense, like you were saying. Like, and I think we don't always put two and two together mm-hmm. that where all these black folks came from. Like, like you see, like even in Southeast Asia, like these are people, like obviously from that have mixed in with other cultures. But like, there's right. a lot of like a heavily, heavily population of black folks in all of these different regions. Yeah, we. I so, mean, black genes stick through. That's why, like, a lot of people, like, go get their DNA tests. They're like, oh, I got black in me. This is why. Yeah. Like, we, went, we went everywhere. We it's were seafaring awesome. folks, right? Yeah. And, again, keeping in mind, this was also a matriarchy society that they lived in as yes. well. And I've said this theory a long time ago, but I think that there were more matriarchal-type societies, but they were destroyed mm-hmm. as you had the rise of the patriarchy. And that brought us into the Dark Ages and all right. kinds of... And we're now, like you were talking about in the last uh, segment, we I think we're we're awakening. We're starting to question yeah. more. We're starting to say, wait a minute, um, right? And, and we're we're pulling out of this 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 uh, patriarchy, moving more so into a matriarchy. Some myths are based on some sort of reality that the story was passed. I don't know the full forms of it because all the history has been destroyed. So I don't know. Open up your mind. Imagination. Let us have this. Let us Imagination have this. works for people of color too. Imagine it that. It does. It is not just for Miss Frizzle and her mm-hmm. magic school buzz. Um, you know who is? Yes. Queen Khalifa in reality in my heart right now. Who? Who would you say that is? A Miss Patty Labelle. You know what? You ain't never lied on that. Okay? You when you write, you write. <laughs> you ain't never lied on that. Okay? You ain't never lied. It is so true. She is the she's the real world Queen Khalifa. She is. And now that we're coming up on the holiday season, I think we need to revisit a little bit of time in episode 54. That time when Patti LaBelle back in 1996 was looking Mm. for her background singers. She just couldn't find her background. Where are her background singers? Where are they? 
she's like, oh, let's do this. She goes straight to the mic. And there's a slight look of fear on her face, and you're not too sure why. But she's singing, like, a very Merry Christmas. And she starts singing it. And, like, early on, she starts flubbing some words. She's like, we're going to have uh, some presents. Yeah. And you're going to be here this Christmas. And then, and then she goes into this Christmas. Where my singers? Where my background singers, y'all? This Christmas. Because it pans to her behind her, <laughs> and it yeah. is empty. It is just the choir pews and some mic stands, and nobody's up there singing. And the stage <laughs> is empty. And her eyes look like deer in headlights, like, bink! And she's like, she's about to get hit by a truck. So, and then there's like this cue card boy in front because she doesn't know all the words, right? And she's like, we're going to have a Christmas. And she's like, honey, play, play that card again. I, you're going too fast. I don't know the words. Like, and I don't know my background singers. singers. I don't know the words. I don't know the words. Where are my singers? This Christmas. Christmas. And literally, just how we're doing it, she goes back into song. Woo! And then when she doesn't know what to say, she just goes right into woo! Yeah, where my background sing has a very merry Christmas. And they finally come out, and she Three. is pissed. And she's still singing along, a very merry Christmas. And she's giving them, like, death eyes, rolling her eyes. And she's like, oh, Lord. And they look like my aunties and uncles with their, like, boring-ass jackets they coming ready. out from, like, they were not ready. to shovel their yards. And the guy keeps going with the cue cards, and she's telling us all the words. She's like, she's like, wait, baby, get that card bag. Baby, and the music is still going. Nothing stops. It's She's so like, good. I need to announce this man. Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. God. This Christmas. Woo! A very Merry Christmas. <laughs> and when it Where ends, singers? there's like seriously so three claps. Bad. It's just like. And then there's like kids who are watching. They're looking back at their mom and dad, and they're just like, what the fuck is happening? Even the kids, eight years old, know something is amiss. It was a mess. At like Patty LaBelle. Two, oh, if man. you're black, this song has been played in every single Christmas movie every single Christmas household. It's like, I think it's Donny Hathaway. It's kind of surprising that she doesn't know the words of the song. Patty knew this. She knew she was going to sing this Christmas. It's going to be a special Christmas for you and me. And woo! She let the background singers do like the rest, the real word. And she would just be like, whatever they sing, it will be you and me. Woo! Yeah. Merry oh, Christmas. And like, we've done so many episodes that I don't even think that we have enough time to even pull clips for all of these things. But I know we've done a hundred. We have done a hundred, <laughs> which means you know what, Aneke, that is at least two hundred topics each, not even including history corners or quizlets or even you know that's a lot. That's a lot. We like to we cram in to... our topics, so at, at the minimum we got two hundred. That's true. That's true. at and the maximum we probably got five million because yeah, of our rambling. Because because even our rambles could have been their own episodes or whatnot. Um, an episode that you mm-hmm. did that I thought that was so impactful and very recently too. Um, mm-hmm. episode ninety eight that you talked about. Uh, Francis Scott Key. His, oh yes, his in the national. <laughs> So trifling. Who, who literally um, was just like the, the Taylor Swift of, you know, the 1700s or whatever. And the just 18, the War 1812. The War of 1812. And was just hurt because a bunch of black folks beat him in a war. And he wrote he, uh, 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 a, uh, a hate song. Or what's that? What, do you, what are the tweens doing when they're like? He wrote a to, beef. He wrote a beef track. And it <laughs> became our national anthem. <laughs> 
That is every little teen harlot's dream, and he was mm-hmm. the original. Original. Um, and then are we um, also in episode 23, didn't you talk about the history of queer fabulous? You know what? I really liked this one. I, you yeah. know, this is when I was globe trotting around. I was in Amsterdam, and I won't, mm. I won't repeat why I was in Amsterdam because that you is behind like us. You just like to travel the world. <laughs> you travel the world, James. There was a reason why I was there, and I was there. So let's not get into the details, okay? Because I'm over it. Um, but I love, I love doing that episode. And I, uh, I don't. There's another episode where I talked about the history of uh, queer uh, Africa and and, it, and mm, the queer right and Africa's, I uh, you know, uh, history of, of queerness as well. And because mm-hmm. I, I, those were so when it, uh, important for myself as you know, as a queer, um, <laughs> <laughs> because it just like because like mm-hmm. I, I, it reminds me that I have. Have a greater history, my and cultural. Like I've been here forever, you know. Like exactly, gays, queer people have been here forever, and so like it was. I love learning about as much history as we can. Again, a lot of it, like Queen Khalifa, and a lot of like uh, anything that's not you know straight white and Christianic. A lot of it's been destroyed. So right, I love. It's, it's so important to know your history and know that you aren't just like knowing that yourself isn't isn't abnormal and it's been around for years and it's been actively destroyed by mm-hmm. the these assholes absolutely absolutely um speaking of assholes um oh. on episode 22 just to reference this one um what mm-hmm. this is what i wanted just to, to bring up uh i talked about rape and the military mm. and um well that for me that is like a cornerstone of when we talk about you know toxic masculinity here on the podcast because that is mm-hmm. a great one because like when you investigate the military it's such a microcosm of uh how the rest of you know the country and then even the world sort of works and um, was a great episode in, in terms of talking that we need to um, teach men how to be men and, right. and what that means and given right. the larger content and like the su- surprising amount of rape in the military for not only like um, women being being uh, you know raped in the military but men as well being raped mm-hmm. in the military um, and just given the context of you know hashtag me too and whatnot like um, yeah. you know I think it's it's a good episode to go back to and listen yeah, because- to as well. You can see some of the roots of where this stems for, from and ricochets mm-hmm. out into our our mainstream culture. And I think that figuring out a root will help us find the cause to get to get rid of to to start to unravel that knot if we yep. can. And I really do love it's one of my things that I really do love unpacking is Toxic masculinity, you know, mm-hmm. um, we've had it at a few different moments. I also this I didn't put this on the list, but um, I love doing my straight guys guide to a gay bar. Episode 87. Oh, yeah, a good that one. one was excellent. That was an excellent <laughs> one. And in fact, that, might get turned into a pamphlet or a book. At some like point. Abraham Lincoln, you know, we love a pamphlet. It has a future ahead of itself. The straight mm-hmm. guys guide to a gay bar. Um, but just sometimes, you know what? Those straight guys just need a little help. And sometimes I got a. I got to get in there and help them. You know, we've covered a lot of serious topics, a lot of interesting talk- topics, but we also like cereal brands, too. Well, you know what? You know, when we did that <laughs> survey, people really do like the little Quizlets. And this, yes. next to next to Greta Garbo, which I think was like episode Woo! four or five, uh, this episode 23 uh, was one of my favorite Quizlets because I took Aneke on a ride. And this was I... a Quizlet about Tony the Tiger. <laughs> did not know where I was going, who, where I was, if up was up or down was down. 
This was a Quizlet for the ages. And what's crazy about this one is I actually lost all of the audio after we were done recording this. I lost all of my audio, only had Aneke's audio, and I had to redo the entire episode on my own by listening to Aneke's audio and then re-coming up with whatever the jokes were and all the information. So this was a nutty episode. Uh, Let's take a listen. Quizlet Corner, Quizlet Corner, Quiz, Quizlet, Quizlet, Quizlet Corner. I got this this week. All right, so this next one Woo! is about Tony the Tiger. He's back. There's mm-hmm. a series of new commercials that are sweeping the web, and the, they're going to bring the tiger out of you. What? Yes. what? Uh, but there's a little controversy around these. So oh, there's snap. four I'm going to read to you. One they're of them is not great. true. Yes, that they're great. <laughs> they're going to bring the tiger out of you. Because they want to go for like a more adult approach, I guess, or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, And the yeah, first yeah. one is about um, a prostitute. Stop it! She's... No! No, let me, let me finish. <laughs> it's a prostitute, and she needs to go to work, but she's, you know, this guy's trying to hustle her out of some money. She doesn't feel like she can really do it. Uh, Tony the Tiger gives her a bowl of Frosted Flakes, and he's like, they'll bring the tiger they'll bring out the tiger and you. And then she goes back to work and she gives like, you know, a great blow job in the hotel. Was this during the, the great prostitution rush of the 1930s? <laughs> yes, actually, this is a callback. It was a callback to the great prostitution uh, rush. Yeah, and it's, it's all, this, is, this is a celebration yeah. of Bertha McGillicuddy. So uh, throw back to that. So that one could be okay. true, could not be true. Okay. The next one is uh, there's a crooked cop and he's uh, watching his partner beat this other guy, this uh, like guy that they're trying to arrest. Oh. He's like beating the shit out of him. And the other cop is just watching and he doesn't know what to do. And then Tony the Tiger gives him a bowl of cereal, the Frosted Flakes, and he's like, they're great. And he, the guy eats them and he's like, they'll bring the tiger out in you. And the guy eats it and then he goes and he pushes his partner out of the way and just starts beating the shit out of the guy like even more. What? Like, uh, so that's... That's the other commercial. No. And then the third one is there's a woman. She's a suicide bomber. What? And she's going into this diner and she's no, 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 you know, no, no, stressed no. out. She's stressed out. She doesn't know if she can do it. She's one really of them. stressed out. She's in, yes, just one of these isn't true. Are they uh, frosted in crack? <laughs> no. It's, it's sugar. Uh, so she's going into the diner and she doesn't know if she can do it. She's really stressed out. And Tony the Tiger comes in. He gives her a bowl of cereal and she's like, they're great. And they'll bring the tiger out. And you. And she eats it. And then the last thing you see, she's like, I'm going to do it. And everyone's like, oh my God, what's happening? What? She reveals the bomb. And the last thing you see is her pressing the button. So, and then Am the last I one, asleep? we have. Have I no, fallen asleep? Is this, have I, you are, have I slipped into a coma? They, is this real life? It's very much real life. You're very much awake. This is, this is a reality. What? So last These are terrible. <laughs> I don't well, know. Re- I feel like this is Sophie's choice. Whichever one I pick is terrible. Your reaction And is, it speaks to my inner demon. Yeah, of what you don't want <laughs> Yes. Uh, so the last one is a kid helps an old woman who's about to OD across the street. One of these is not true. I'm scared. I don't. I would say that I. God, they're all so fucked up. I guess I would. I would say the most fucked up one would be the suicide bomber. They're all so fucked up. <laughs> they're terrible. They're all um, so fucked up. <laughs> they're so fucked up. I wanted to do a fun one. It is you. fun. No, um, I just, because my brain, I can't believe that these commercials exist. 
Yeah, well, okay, maybe the prostitute... I don't know. At first I was going to be like, yeah, the prostitution one, obviously, because we talked about it before. But then you just kept getting it darker. Going. It just kept it's going. It's like that The Wire. Like the Tony the Tiger one. in The Wire. He is. I think he's trying <laughs> to get a new Netflix series. I think that's what this is. He's just trying to get on Netflix. It's like the Netflix show of Tony yeah. the Tiger. House Shit of Cards. gets dark. <laughs> Tony, they're really going for that adult audience, I guess, trying to get them to eat their cereal. Which one is it? Um, a kid helps an old woman who's about to OD across the street. That one's not... That one's the fake one. Really? So, yeah, I'm, apparently somebody went through... How did you ca- find out about this? Uh, it's online. Uh, Kellogg's... Kellogg's wants these commercials taken down. Somebody put in a lot of money, a lot of effort to make these commercials, and you look at them, it's fucking real. It's CGI Tony the Tiger. It is uh, all the graphics, all the effects. And, like, these actors got paid to do this. These are paid actors, high quality. Uh, This is very much real. And Kellogg's is like, please take these down. Um, But they are are real commercials, but it's not sponsored by Kellogg's. But um, Yeah. There's this article that put them up, so go look at them. They're they're insane, but they're you look look at them. They're these are real ass commercials. Uh, Someone went through a lot of trouble, spent a lot of money to get this done. Wow! Go bring the tiger out in you. Oh man, episode sixty six was excellent one. Oh yeah, but what about episode sixty (laughs) eight? Oh oh, I read it wrong. How the sausage is made. <laughs> oh, the sausage episode 66 is made. was a good one. Yeah, I think we actually talked about that one earlier. But episode yeah. 68, uh, that was a that was a slant. That was a two. That was a double header one. That this one was is a another one. Yeah, just like how episode 83 with the AIDS quilt in the Greenwood Massacre was an awesome one. A, um, episode 68 was excellent because you yeah. talked about Baynard Rustin. Yeah, um, amazing civil rights activist. Yeah, essentially the right-hand uh, man of Martin Luther King and pretty much planned the mil- the Million Man March and gets, like, no recollection or anything. So I definitely wanted to celebrate him. But this is one, this is also one that mm-hmm. you did that, like, this is one of my favorites. It blew me away. And mm-hmm. this is one that I probably talk about this almost every week as I'm mm. talking about um, just sort of civil rights and like the history, like when people are like, when I'm like, oh, you know, they don't really teach you the history of America. And they're like, well, what? And I'm like, let's talk about the Texas Rangers. And right. this goes back to that point that I love quoting Eva Longoria. She mm. says, you know, the um, for Mexicans, the border, they didn't cross the border, the border crossed them. Exactly. And, Exactly. You know that, and like, you know, how essentially like thousands of Mexican Americans were slaughtered by these Texas Rangers who are also now a fucking baseball team and a Chuck Norris t- TV show. Exactly. Massacre yet again that we don't talk about. So I really wanted to call attention to how this country was formed and who had to die to form this country. Absolutely. Which also, you know, we and we've talked about that a lot, too. And we did the episode about uh, black veterans mm. and we did like the history of black veterans and how black folks have fought. Uh, for this country for on every side our blood yes. has been all over this country and yes. again something like you know and we're we're left out of the movies we're left out of uh you know that that those stories that 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 says like who really fought for this and so that's when it gets so frustrating when you just see all these you know white folks with tiki torches trying to take back their country that for one was never theirs and that they did not mm-hmm. build they did yeah. not build this no. everybody else built this shit Amen to that. It's the truth. And we need to remem- remind everybody this because we need the empowerment to know that this is our country as well. Absolutely. We're not just sitting here borrowing it. This is, we earned it. This is our land as 
just as deserving as everyone else who's here. So one thing that like I really, you know, after the election, Aneke, we laced up our bootstraps yes. and we went to work. Well, and we're still working. We're still fucking yeah. working, which is good. And I am feeling the power. Yeah, and still being a, a place of resistance for all folks who are just not putting up with bullshit. And also, like, I think specifically, mm-hmm. like, I mean, our main bread and butter and focus are definitely folks of intersectionality, yes. uh, first and foremost, because yes. our voice is is very often not heard. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, a place for everyone who is down with the causes. And um, I really, episode 56, I think is one of a very inspiring episode. I think that came right after the heels of the election. We were not taking any of this bullshit sitting down. And like yes. you just said, we are still not so episode 56 such a kick-ass episode i address election action items that we can all do to get involved in the fight and to resist and to make sure this bullshit doesn't happen again and aneke you gave us some dope ass protest songs to keep us fired up as we march along and continue the resistance let's actually go to episode 55 which we recorded the day after the election and just listen how fired up we were after the episode it still gets me fired up Minority Corner is fired up. Yeah. I bet we can get Jennifer Hudson on the show now. Good episode, James. I felt I I feel empowered through this episode. So thank you. I'm about to bust out of my car and I'm gonna library the shit out of these kids today. Fuck yes. You guys are gonna get library the fucked up. I'm looking forward to seeing what our corner kids, what you all do. Um we are it's a movement that is happening. And yes. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make America great again because it's gonna get fucked yes, up a little are. bit. <laughs> so we're gonna actually reappropriate that message. <laughs> yeah, it's called "We're gonna fix America" because y'all fucked it up. Yeah, it's a lot to put on a hat, <laughs> but that's okay. We'll <laughs> <laughs> if you're still feeling down, go heal, heal, relax, yep, enjoy, escape in some of the options that we just gave you. Absolutely. But then stay fired up and come on back. Yeah, stay talking to everybody, and 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 there's a there's a, there's work to be done. But it's like you know we start now that you know again. Just in two years, it's the midterm elections. And I know people are like, oh, I'm so exhausted. Nope. You don't get to be. Nobody no. nobody gets to be exhausted right now. Like you don't take get your to, fucking vitamins take, and buck up. Because there is work to be done. We don't get to just like peace out from this. So we've got to stay no. on this. Um and, and also make sure to look out for each other, like and shut shit down yes. as we talked about earlier. Um and because like because we got to pay attention to the small legislations, keep an eye on your local politicians, things yes. that they're passing, things that we, because we, if we, this is our country, this is our government. Remember, they work for us. That's how this they works. Do. He works for us because, you know, look at like Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. So he also, we have the majority, actually. Right. So, he is our public servant. Exactly. That is their title. He's not he a king. He is there to serve us. Exactly. So we, so we sta- need to hold him to it. We ought to hold him to it because he won't. So it is on us to be able to continue, you know, doing the work because we have a leader who can't do the work for us. So we have to ensure that it happens. So this is not. Thank you. This is not a losing anything. It's just like this is life. This is what happens. Yes. And remember, like, you know. This is what it's like to be like in 1968 when Nixon won. I'm sure it was fucking like devastating for folks. And they thought the world right. was going to end. It didn't. There's damaging. It didn't. Of, 
there's some damaging effects that we're still feeling from, you know, Nixon winning, you know, but we will power through and we will be here for y'all every step of the way. Exactly. Now here, even if we have to flee to Canada, no, don't go to Canada. No, I said even if we have to flee to Canada. Oh, okay, but we'll still be there for you. Yeah, in Nova Scotia. Yeah, yeah. or Iceland. That might be good. Ah, you know, I want to go in one of those thermal baths. Yeah, uh, hang out with Bjork. We'll have Bjork on the uh, podcast almost every every week. Fuck yeah, she'll be like our neighbor. I live in Iceland. (laughs) I see the snow. (laughs) It is cold. I think Bjork is here right now. Well, here we are at the end. You know, not everything could make it into the episode, but some honorable mentions. You do some really great stuff, Aneke. Uh, you do a lot for, like, you know, black female visibility. Also, getting, right. like, um, uh, you, you do a lot of great stuff for, like, young black children or, like, children of color. Oh, always, yes. You're... You have to... There's a lot of lists that I do for um, children of color books because, one... Um, Girls are the minority of children that are on the cover and of the protagonists of stories. And then on top of that, um, children of color are even less represented. Absolutely. So I will always do as much as I can to promote children's books for all children. Yes. Because just because little Johnny white boy <laughs> can still read about um, Chantel, the black girl who's going on adventures. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I fucking read about Christopher Robin. So fuck you. Read you, about me. You can so read it exactly. That's so I think that opening up all children to those things is incredibly important. And I uh, go to episode insert number here to get a list of one of Aneke's uh, listicles. The holiday season's coming back around so really great buy them children revis. some books buy them some books um and speaking of buy biphobia is something that we that was <laughs> James. That not my best segue that was you know what uh, you know what that was good I, that I was classic it. just sticking that, that, stick that, that landing but uh episode 73 i really started to unpack some uh biphobia because i have been and that's one thing that we say side eye your heroes here on this on this podcast we side eye everybody we side eye ourselves i side eye mm-hmm. the lgbt community because as i have said the lgbt is somewhat bullshit like uh, there's a lot of mm. uh biphobia in the straight community and even in the lgbt community as well so episode 73 we got to keep ourselves in check. And 73 is the best place there. we are doing that. Mm. Well, and to close us out, one thing that okay. I love about Aneke <laughs> is when she gets drunk. Um, <laughs> I like a drink. And I, you know what? Just leading this up, I took a very glamorous photo of myself on a yacht this past weekend. And I was holding trash in my hand. So hold on. Well, we are back. Um, two days later, and that can I had to take a yeah. pause in yeah. the action. We're almost to the end of the episode, and we were yes, we abruptly. Um, uh, 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 it just ended abruptly because uh, essentially a year after um, a tragic accident that happened here at my apartment with the death of my roommate on that and involving a horrible yeah. uh, interaction with the police and ex- like excessive just policeness, you know. Um, 
they were back into my apartment right and and uh some excusing excessive force with, with my other roommate his girlfriend on the year anniversary i'm not gonna go into full detail of what happened but i said this the last time um i think it was um on the yeah, show, it was on, on episode 53, yeah. dedicated to my roommate Noah um, and his tragic accident. You know, we asked the police to do too much, and uh, they were ill-trained mm-hmm. to handle a false situation that they were here for in the first place, but they were ill-trained um, to deal with it in the amount of uh, aggression and, and, viol- and, and violence that they, they did physically right. and verbally. Um, it was it was so incredibly, you know, traumatic and jarring once again. And so, like, we had Minority Corner, like, we we don't hold back any secrets of, like, what happens on this podcast. Um, no. You guys are along no, for the ride. No, we share and, it with I, you guys. I sing to Maneke that it's so... Um, um, you know, of course, like we're doing the, the greatest hits of a of minority corner, this happening, uh, which connects to, you know, again, right. the episode that happened, you know, you know, almost 50 episodes ago, 53 on the anniversary of that. And then coupled with, you know, part of the reason why we started this podcast was because of things that were happening with police brutality in Ferguson. And we felt that other folks were not talking about it. Other podcasts that we were listening to weren't. And so exactly. we got into the game. And so here it is on our 100th episode, literally police brutality and misconduct in my own house for the second time. Right. It's one of those things where it's like, I feel like we constantly go back to this throughout yep. all of our stories, Texas Rangers. Um, just, yeah. It is a common thread throughout this podcast. And it's just, just goes to show how common and how pervasive it is in our society that we're doing our fucking podcast and it shows up not on your doorstep, yeah. your fucking yep. bedroom doorstep. Yeah your bedroom doorstep in your house. And and Eke was like listening to, you know, part of it and could hear how, you know, horrible and horrifying it was. And like, honestly, and too, the other thing that I walked away with this and it's, it's horrific, but it's the truth. Like, thank yeah. God what was happening. Thank God that my roommate is a white woman because she would have been dead. It- yeah. And myself, as a black man, like I knew to comply with all of their orders, anything that they told me to do, because I, I did not have that same privilege or luxury. Pretty fucking traumatic to have them there again um so there right. it is and and I, and I don't know what the solution is like i feel like so trapped you know because it's such a yeah. system and and just know. you know they, they they need better training in terms of there should be trained like taking psychology classes um yeah. you know, more social Why aren't workers there therapists therapists like, like or you know something who, that oh, i don't know who are these first responders there as well um you know i think they have like six weeks of training it's just not enough and 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 just the, the bullying and the excessive force that they use um it's it's horrifying and i witnessed mm-hmm. it for the second time in my own apartment so i think we really need to reiterate that this is in your home it's in like, my home that is a year it, exactly a year later you didn't you weren't dry like people can always twist the facts where they're like oh uh, you you he should have obeyed the police oh he should have been driving properly oh he shouldn't have been selling cigarettes on the street but the fact of the matter is this shit comes to us comes to us it, yep it busts down the door enters yep. your house yep and it's right there blaring in your face and clearly the system is fucked yep. and clearly we need to start to reevaluate we're past reevaluating yeah we, we need to figure out solutions at this point because it is a disease that's infected our country yeah and um thankfully as horrific as it was everyone is okay and moving through it as best as we possibly can and we just continue to march forward so you all are along with the ride and i I look forward to seeing what we as a community are going to piece together and figure out um what 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 to do as we, we go forward here
Exactly. I completely agree. And share in love with you, James. That's yeah, what I can you. do from across this country. And you were there for me during it after. And I really appreciate it. And I, I feel like, you know, I feel like that's really the, the answer is, is love. And I think that's something that we really tried to champion on this podcast. I think, right. you know, it seems like, you know, life could, should be so much more simpler than it is because the root is like all the craziness that we surround ourselves with. Like it really is about love and something else that I mm-hmm. enjoy that we do on this podcast. We mm-hmm. really try to do a lot of self care. And thank you, yes. Neke, you were reminding me of all the different self care tips that I needed to do the next day after this traumatic event. You I mean, know? even to the point where I probably was like irritating you. But, no, you know. it was so helpful. And it's, it, and, it, and it's key. It really is taking care of ourselves through all these, you know, traumas and things that are um, uh, occurring and happening. And so we, there's a lot of those. You can go to that back catalog. We Oprah Winfrey it. We soul, oh, Super yeah. Soul Sit Down Sunday with you. We got you on we Minority Corner. We got you all that on the Minority Corner. We really do. It's like full service here. Full service <laughs> in every angle. Yes. Um, we so, rub you from head to toe. Ooh, okay. I don't know. I okay. don't know where that came from. I'm sorry. Was that she's, inappropriate? She's feeling it's our podcast. Maybe. We do whatever the I'm fuck a- we want <laughs> on our hundredth episode, as you told oh, me man. offline. And so not the way that we meant to end it. We were gonna end it with a clip of from the Trashella episode when Neke well, being drunk at this party. Um <laughs> <laughs> that was and the reason why we we're gonna do it is because that episode uh, eighty-seven, I believe, Trashella was yes. our um, number one downloaded episode. Was it? <laughs> People fucking love a drunk, nasty neck, eh? You know, they do. So, uh, but we're <laughs> she not. She does cut, not disappoint. <laughs> we're not gonna cut to that just for uh, you know the for for time here. She'll be uh, back <laughs> with more stories to tell. She will be back. In fact, Trashella was when I was going to see Solange. Guess who I'm seeing tomorrow? Solange? Yeah. You cannot get enough of her. Well, Trishella will be back. And I am off to Vegas for my first ever Vegas experience. I'm going to see Britney and it's pride. So we'll see. And I'll be very tame and very, There's going to be the birth of Trishello. That's what's happening. <laughs> Trishella and Trishello will be back uh, we next will be week. will um, and we only got 87. Um, we had our, our, our contest. If we got to 100 yeah. reviews, we only got to 87. Um, but you know what? 87 is not a number that you can shake a fist at. I am happy and proud of all of you that submitted your your reviews. Thank you so much. You Thank you so much. Our, our appearance on iTunes. You, yep. You're boosting us right away. All the positive. You know, me and James have gone through and listen, read those comments to each other off the air, and we are like just They're so surprised and charmed pink. by you guys. Yeah. So we'll be back next week. We got a little something that we have planned, a different sort of contest. That so tune in next week to find out where that is, where that's going. Ooh, dun dun dun. And with that, Aneke, say la vie. Or wait, no, that's not it. Um. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, that's life. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. Well, thank you for a hundred episodes of education and laughter and fun. And yes, thank you, James. And cheers to another one hundred. Yes, here's to the this next is, hundred. <laughs> it has gone by like a breeze. It has. I am fully excited and stoked on this journey that we have done. Um, one with you, yes. my co-host extraordinaire, and mm. two with. All of y'all listening, yeah. you guys are like supporting us, the corner kids, everybody join the Facebook group. It is like 
Yeah. A magical community that I couldn't have ever imagined would have been created. It's been so wonderful. And continue. If you haven't joined, please join. Find us on Facebook, the Minority Corner Kids uh, Playground. And we're on Twitter at Minority Corner with a K. Um, and we love you guys. We love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. And let's go do another hundred, but not right now, but like over time. We're, we're tired. We need to. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I'm a freshen <laughs> up. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Bye. See you next week. And keep side-eyeing your heroes. Do it. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my friend's favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. I'm Judge John Hodgman. You're hearing the voices of real litigants, real people who have submitted disputes to my internet court at the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I hear their cases. I ask them questions. They're good ones. And then I tell them who's right and who's wrong. Thanks to Judge John Hodgman's ruling, my dad has been forced to retire one of the worst dad jokes of all time. Instead of cutting his own hair with a floby, my husband has his hair cut professionally. I have to join a community theater group. And my wife has stopped bringing home wild animals. It's the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Find it every Wednesday at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Thanks, Judge John Hodgman. Shirts, stickers, patches, posters, tote bags, aprons. Sure, you might have some of these things already, but do they rep your favorite MaxFun shows? We've got brand new items in stock at MaxFunStore.com. So why not stock up on gear that shows off the podcasts you love? MaxFunStore.com. It's good stuff. We swear. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.